Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. I want to let you know that the best is ahead of you. The best is ahead of you. And I, you know, uh, Job 8, 7 lets us know that the best is ahead of us. I, I want you to know from this mountain we're about to talk about, the blessed mountain. We're going to talk about the blessed mountain. Anybody want to be blessed in this room today? Come on, I, I, I'm not like a church blessed, like you, you really blessed. Like who wants to be blessed in this place today? Um, and, you know, there's a saying that says the best is ahead of you. And, you know, it's a great saying that a lot of churches say. Uh, but how many guys have found it kind of cliche, uh, you know, and thinking, well, is, is it really? And I want to encourage you not with a man's saying or a nice saying today, but Job 8, 7 says, though your beginning was insignificant, yet your end will increase greatly. I want to encourage you today that the best is ahead of you, not according to man, but according to God. The best is ahead of you, not behind you. And uh, I don't know if you've had some good moments in your past or a lot of bad moments, but I just want to let you know, keep going because there is greater things ahead, greater things ahead. I want to I want to go to Matthew chapter five, verse number one today and it's kind of uh, this this mountain that Jesus goes up onto. If you don't know, we've been preaching from the hills and the valleys in the Bible, and we know that valleys are significant of of low places and maybe dark moments. Um, uh, and 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 sometimes you know we we can we can go through a valley that's actually a place that feels good, and we can go through a mountain that doesn't feel so good. Uh, but sometimes we, we, when we're in the valley, we're longing for the mountain. And sometimes on the mountain, we long for those valleys again. And, and so we want to we know today that God is both the God of the hills and the valleys. And he doesn't abandon you in one. God is not, he does not have multiple choice. He did not pick one and deny the other. Uh, he is the God of both. And so if that's all you leave with today, leave with that encouragement that no matter if you're in a hill or a valley, that God is with you and he has not abandoned you. I know it might feel like that. I know it might seem like that. But you just watch. God will always get the victory through your situation. And uh, we're going to go to a hill today. We've talked about the valleys. If you want to catch up, go to podcast on our fearlessla.com. And uh, we're on our, I think it's our third hill. Uh, some mountains, some hills, but we're going to go to this hill today. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 1, it was a sermon Jesus preached. It says, now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. And he said, and, and, and uh, his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them, saying, blessed. Somebody say blessed. blessed. Come on. Jesus gets up and he says, let me tell you how to be blessed. <laughs> let me, and everybody say, Amen. Come on, I want to be blessed. And, but what, we, what we're about to read is, is Jesus had a different definition of being blessed than the rest of the people did. Like he, says, he says, blessed are the rich in spirit. Blessed are the poor. No, no, we don't want to hear poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, 
for they will inherit the earth. Now, now this word blessed is, to the, if you were alive in their time, uh, you would have understood. There were two words for blessed, and, and there was one word that was an outside blessed. Like, because of outward things, you were blessed. You got a new car. You, you got a new job. You, got, you know, you got a new boo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it all worked, and, 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 you know, it was going good uh, for a month. Amen. Praise God. And, you know, it's, it's all working out. Uh, but there was a, 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 a inside blessed. And this blessed that Jesus refers to is not an outside external thing. It is an inward blessed. And, and to, to raise it up a bar beyond just being an inward blessed, part of the word is it was, it was a blessed that only the gods of their time, which they considered the little g gods, a lot of the Roman empire had worshipped thousands of gods. It was, a, it was a word reserved only for the gods. That this level of blessing could not be humanly achieved. God says you are blessed when you're poor in spirit. You are blessed to the level of the, that the, only the gods can experience when, when you mourn because you will be comforted. You are blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, now he gets real crazy. He goes, blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of things and evils against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward. Come on. I know you didn't get anything new on the outside, but let me tell you, what you've been going through on the outside, I'm going to renew you on the inside to another level that great. Come on. Look, this is God. Look, he finished the whole earth and he said he called it good. He made the planets, the solar system, the birds. The fi- Have you seen the colors of fish there are in the sea? I mean, sometimes you get these people that have these aquariums and they're like, you know, spending thousands of dollars on this special fish and you can look at it for hours. I mean, the, 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 the animals that we have not explored yet, God created all of them and he called it good. The sun, good. Saturn, good. The planets we haven't discovered yet, good. But, but he says that, that that your reward is not going to be good when God calls something great. What kind of reward is God going to give to those who are blessed, this kind of blessed, that he looks at and doesn't call good, he calls great. What happens when God calls something great? He says, look, it's going to be great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, they have done to you. Jesus steps on the scene and he does not preach a sermon where they may have even been amening. I don't know if anybody was standing up and wanting this kind of blessing. 
In fact, this is the intro. Usually in the intro, you want to start off with a joke, uh, a nice little story, something to warm people's hearts. Uh, here's a picture of my kids and welcome to church. Uh, you want to start off with something that brings people in. Jesus steps out of the gate at his longest sermon. This sermon went three or four days. In fact, it's, it's three chapters long, this sermon. Uh, there were no timers back then, so he just kept going. Uh, and, and so he's preaching. He, he ends up, this is his intro. His intro is, if you want to be blessed, here's the people that will be blessed. I know, I know the world says, if you have everything, you'll be blessed. But let me tell you, there is a blessing where, where, where you realize that no matter what you have, it is it does not fill that void inside. And no matter what car you drive or what house you drive, there is something that needs to be funded in your spirit that you are broken. This is called being poor in spirit. The only one I, that could get me through this, his name is Jesus. This is what it means to be poor in spirit. Uh, th there are those that, that will be blessed that are meek. Uh, in other words, that are humble, that, that go, man, I don't got it all together. Uh, these are the ones in my kingdom that will be blessed. And in fact, if you go this way, you will have people persecute you. You will have people hate you. You will have people ostracize you. If you want to be blessed, you know, this is the kind of blessing we don't talk about in America. This is the kind of blessing we don't preach about in America. But this is the kind of blessing that God says, great is your reward. These disciples that are following him, man, Jesus was popular everywhere he went. In fact, he threw a house party one time and they couldn't fit anyone else in the house. The people were staring in through the windows. Sick people were trying to get in. His haters were in there. His disciples were in there. And some sick guy was walking past, couldn't walk, and said, get me in. They cut a hole in the roof of Peter's mother-in-law's house. You know that's a dinner party when they cut a hole in the roof of the mother-in-law's house. You know they knew God could raise him from the dead. When they cut a hole in the roof of Peter's mother-in-law's house, they drop a man through, and they have a real party. The man gets up and walks. Everywhere Jesus went, there were crowds. Jesus was so popular, he would have to escape out of cities without being crushed. The woman who touched him, that his, his virtue went out and healed her, he's walking, he says, someone touched me. The disciples said, everyone touched you. He said, no, someone pulled something out of me. Everywhere Jesus went, there was prestige and people wanted to be by him, dignitaries. In fact, Zacchaeus, who was a wealthy man, climbed a tree. When's the last time you noticed a wealthy man lives in Beverly Hills climbing trees to check out church? There were people that were wealthy trying to get as close of a view of Jesus as they could. The disciples had every opportunity for people to start going, oh, you hang with Jesus? You must be something. They had, they had people were trying to offer them power. People were trying to offer them money. One of them took it. His name was Judas. You remember that story, right? 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus brings the disciples out and he goes, let me tell you, none of that will do. None of that will give you a blessed life. But there is one place where blessing flows. There is one place. Look, you, you want to inherit a house or you want to inherit the earth? And he flips the whole thing on its head. He preaches this message. At the end of it, all the people that are sitting there, they don't even clap. They don't even man. They don't even move. They're just astonished, the Bible says, at the way that Jesus taught. They said he had authority. It's like his words weren't in books. There was power in what he was saying. This is the kind of blessing that God longs to give you.
The kind of blessing that can't be touched by a broke down car. The kind of blessing that can't be touched by man's rejection. The kind of blessing that can't be touched by the doctor creating a diagnosis for you. The kind of blessing that comes from the inside out, not the outside in. God, God wants to give you a blessing that works in a mess. God wants to give you a blessing that works when you're broke. God, God doesn't want to give you a human blessing. He wants to give you a God-sized blessing. And he calls you blessed today. And what God calls blessed, let no man call cursed. But when God blesses, he says, not bless with the ability for you to see it sometimes in the test. Same way God curses. God's walking past a tree and it had leaves. It wasn't in a season. It had leaves when it shouldn't really have had leaves. It was faking it because if ever a fig tree had leaves, there was always fruit underneath. It was faking it in not its season. Jesus goes to pick from the fig tree and there's no figs. And he looks at it and says, oh, okay, you tricked me. You look, you faking it, but there's no fruit there. And he calls the fig tree cursed. Nothing happens. The disciples probably thought, well, just crazy old man, you know. Jesus, he's always talking to himself, saying crazy things. I mean, he's talking to the tree. You are cursed. No, he looks at the tree and says, you know what? No one will ever eat from your leaves. He walks off. They go a day's journey. They go into the city. There's people in the, in the temple uh, selling uh, sacrifices and making a mockery of the house of God. Jesus, he gets upset about it. He, he makes a cord of ropes and starts driving people out of the temple. This is not the Jesus you've seen before, man. This is Jesus crazy, Jesus. He's driving people out of the temple, and then they come back past the tree, and Peter goes, oh, my gosh, there's that tree. It's withered up. It's dead. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, if, if you tell this mountain to throw itself into the sea, it would. In other words, you have authority, but the authority you speak in does not speak only to the present. It prophesies about the end. The tree didn't shrivel up when he said it or did it. It began a process that led it to the end. When Adam and Eve were in the, the garden and they said, don't eat of this. There's one tree. You can have all of them, but there's one tree. It's the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of that tree, you surely will die. Eve eats it. Nothing happens. Hey, might as well share this with Adam. It's pretty good. I got a lot more knowledge. Adam eats it. Nothing happens. They find out they're naked. They go hide from God. I thought God said you would die. No, no, his blessing and his cursing don't speak to the momentary moment. They speak to the end. If the curse speaks to the end, so does the bless. When God's blessed you, you may not see it now. But just give it some time, baby. Touch your neighbor and say, I I I'm not on time, but I'm on God's time. Come on, I, I may not, you may not see it now, but just get ready because what God has called blessed, even if it looks cursed, because oh, he works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called by his name. See, God, I just came to let you know what God has prepared for you is finished. It's over. God, God, is, God is not working on the blessing he's going to give you. I think sometimes we think God is working on the blessing and we're trying, to, we're trying to work it so he can see us and he can notice us. And so, you know, if our brother gets noticed and God starts blessing him, we got to kind of do our song and dance because God must not 
see me. He needs to work on something for me. But I don't know if you've ever been like this, but I've been praying for the blessing to come. God, would you work on that thing you have for me? We pray for our building. And God's like, I've already got your building. I've already finished the promise. But I'm going to take you through the process. When God speaks, it's done. Tell me which planet was like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> Not today. Go ahead and say it again, God. You have to say it three times before I will form. No, when God spoke, every planet, every sun, every moon, every fish, every bird, every animal came into existence. God spoke and things came. He spoke in planets and universes and solar systems. He spoke. No one had ever seen a planet. No one had ever discovered the, the rings around Saturn, but in the recesses of God's mind, he was so creative and so demonstrative in his creativity that he spoke of what had not been seen. And when he spoke, it formed and came to be. But when God made Adam, he stopped speaking. See, God, God spoke and your blessed life, your, the blessing that, that he calls great is done. What God has for you is complete. You need not worry. You need not stress. You need not fret. You need not empty yourself. You need not waste one moment praying for what God has promised you. Because whatever he's promised you is already finished, baby. And he's saying, why did he stop speaking? Because when he stopped speaking, he started forming. See, he's not working on your blessed life. He's working on you. He's not working on the promise. The promise is finished. What God promised you is already done. He's working on you in the process. He bends down and he's not fearful to touch dirt. I don't know who came today and I don't know who you are and I don't know who in this room feels like me sometimes. The lowest of low. Just the dirt of the earth. Just know that our God is not too big to touch dirt. He's not too proud to touch dirt. In fact, he does his best work with dirt. As creation huddles around that was spoken into existence, they're jealous of the ones that get his touch. And it's you and I, the dirt of the earth. And he spits into the dirt. And his spit would have been his DNA. He puts his DNA in a dirty place. And he forms something powerful that all creation leans into. And he begins to form the man to be able to enjoy the creation that he already designed. God already finished your promise but we're stressed out we're, we're worried we're thinking we're gonna miss it we keep praying for the promise and God's like you're wasting your time you need to start praying that you would be formed in the process you need you need to get not next to man's hands to get you to where you're at some people in this city we go to church for all kinds of reasons but some people go to church to get next to the right elbow so they can get in the right movie and get their script next to the right person look I'm telling you if man could get you to the place God got, has for you you got to the wrong place God is gonna put you in rooms you have no right being in God's gonna put you environments where you don't deserve to be there why because he will get the victory it's him who created the end you gotta work on the in between you gotta say God here I am I'm just right here in the process put your hands on my life I don't need any outward hands I don't need one more opportunity I don't need one more open door I have the greatest open door 
That's the open door into his presence. That's where he says, come, ask, seek, knock. That's the greatest opportunity we have every day because in that place, he starts molding us and shaping us. He's already done with your promise. You're wasting time asking him to work on your promise. He's already finished. He's looking at you like you're crazy. He's silent because he's silent when he forms. God, form me. God, don't wait. Don't wait. Form me now. Prepare me now. God's not preparing your blessing. He's preparing you for your blessing. Your blessing's already done. The work doesn't need to be applied to where you're going. It needs to be applied to where you are. Psalms 37, 23 says it this way. The steps of a good man. So if you're a good man or woman, get ready because there's going to be some steps. (laughs) I know you just wanted to be drug up the mountain. I know you just wanted to take one step and be there. I'm, I'm with you. I just, I want it now. I want it fast. But God says, there's something that is good for you. And it's just what the doctor ordered. It's the steps of a good man are ordered by, not the devil, (laughs) by the Lord. I don't know if I can talk to anybody that's in some steps. Sometimes when you're in steps, it feels like you're out of step with God. You feel like God's forgotten you. You feel like God's lost you. But God says, look, I'm trying to get you way up here to a place you can't get to on your own. So the only way to get you up to the second level, I'm not going to make you jump. I'm not going to make you climb. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put some steps in your path. Come on, don't get mad at the steps. Don't hate on the steps. I ordered some steps. God, God is telling a generation, hey, hey, don't, don't want it fast because it's so high. You can't get there fast. It's so high. I can't, I can't take you there overnight. I'm going to just have to order you some steps. And, and they're only your steps. I, I ordered them for you and I ordered them for you because I'm not not because I'm mad at you not because you're a bad man or a bad woman I ordered them for you because I want you to get the height to get to where you're going I, I ordered steps for you don't deny the steps don't be frustrated by the steps I didn't bring the steps so you would die on the steps I didn't even I didn't prepare the steps for you to camp on the steps I didn't prepare the steps for you to make a home on the steps. I I prepared the steps so you could step. Come on, get in step with me because I'm taking you to another level. I found in life that if you you neglect one of the steps, you might trip. You might fall. I found in life that, that each step has its purpose. I found in life that that even if I I skip a step, I'm going to get there the same speed with maybe pulling something in my leg. That that each step was authored and ordained for me. And that that it was not given to me because God is mad at me. It was given to me because he cares for me. God has ordered your steps. He's gone up to the cash register. He's looking at you like I paid the bill. I know you couldn't get up there, but I came down here and I ordered you steps. I ordered you steps in the process. I ordered you steps from being single to being married. I ordered you steps from from being a woman to being a wife. I ordered you steps from being a a boy to a man, from a man to a husband. I ordered you steps in how to be a not not just a son but how to be a father. I ordered you steps in not how to be broke but how to be a giver. I ordered you steps in not how to be prideful but how to be meek. I ordered you steps and if you follow the steps you'll be blessed. 
but the blessing's already done. All you got to do is enjoy the steps. Enjoy each level I take you on. Come on, don't camp out at the level. See, some of us are on a step, and we're making permanent decisions in a temporary environment. The steps are temporary to get you to a permanent place. The steps are just for a moment. This is not your home abuse. This is not your home rejection. This is not your home I'm broke. This is not your home no one likes me. This is not your home they walked out on you. This is not your home. It's just a part of the process to get you to the promise. Nothing just happens. If you, if you believe things just happen, it is what it is, then you will miss and somehow believe that God, when you were going through that, stepped off the job, took his lunch break, and the devil filled in his shoes. If you believe that the devil had the victory over God, so it happened to you, you are wrong. Because it is God who prepares the way for me. It is God who ordered the steps for me. If he allowed it to be ordered, he's going to use it in my destiny. He's given me the wherewithal and the power to step up. No one else got this step. I got this step. And if I got this step, he's going to use it in my life. If you don't believe that, you'll get mad at God. You'll stop going to church because you're not angry with the church. You're angry with God. God forgot you here. He abandoned you there. He left you out here. But God was trying to show you something. That each time you conquered something, he made you a conqueror. And when you're a conqueror, you start looking like him. The devil hates you to conquer over things. I know it was painful what you walked in. But pain has a way of uniting you with people you would never have a relationship with. You know why you're here? Not because I can preach. Because somewhere inside you, you can feel me. You can't feel someone unless they've been through what you've been through. So you don't feel me. Oh, yeah, what are you trying to say? Oh, you don't know where I've been. There is something that happens that goes beyond race, that goes beyond gender, that goes beyond age. When you can feel something around someone, you, you feel, man, I, I feel there's something in you I can trust. I, I feel that that passion comes from somewhere. I, I feel that that love comes from somewhere. And what you feel is I shouldn't be here. What you feel is not that I preach. It's that I shouldn't be able to. What you feel, I know you don't see it because you just see me up here now. So you really can't celebrate with me until you know how far I came to get to this place. You really can't honor what God is doing in my life and see how blessed I am till you realize I failed every speech in high school. I wouldn't go to class the day they would have speeches. I was embarrassed. I was afraid. Because I was awkward. I didn't fit in. I was rejected by the church. Rejected by man. The reason why you feel something when I preach is that I shouldn't be up here. But the grace of God. He ordered my steps. And in the steps he was shaping me. In the steps he was changing me. Let me tell you this. Maybe your step is not a 
taken you backwards, maybe it's your new platform. Maybe it's what God will use in your life to preach to those that are on the step below you. Maybe it's the hand up that you've been looking for is what God already gave you in the first place. Maybe it's the abuse you walk through that's going to give you power. Maybe it's the rejection you walk through that's going to give you connection. So I can't relate to everybody because not everybody has been through the kind of pain that I've been through. I feel like they can't relate to me because if you haven't been through pain, we can't even have a conversation. This is why it's hard in the church because we put on our mask and pretend like we're already arrived at the promise when we're dying on the steps. The good news is that God has ordered your steps. The Bible says, I has not seen nor ear heard, no even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for the prepared is a word that it means it's finished. On the cross, Jesus didn't say, Hold up, I'm almost done. He said, What? It is finished. God has something finished for you at the top of the steps. You can sit on the steps and be a victim and cry on the steps. And be angry on the steps and wonder where God was on the steps. Or you could say, what God has for me is already finished. I'm not going to waste any more time on the steps. I'm going home, baby. I'm, I'm just using these to get to the next level. I'm going to use every hurt, every pain, every abuse, every rejection. John 14, 16 says, for you have numbered my steps. You don't even have steps just prepared your steps have been numbered. In, in other words, there's an order to your steps. It's not chaos, even though it feels like it. God has come in and intrinsically ordered. Okay, number one. See, see, we miss this because number two step is Sally. I can't deal with Sally. Man, I, I, God, please get all the Sallys out of my life. And God removes Sally. And guess what he does? He brings Susie. <laughs> Sally's gone. But Susie's there. Why is Susie there? Because this is a step that has been ordered and numbered by the Lord. He does not want to skip the process because where you're going is already done and you are not yet complete. He is completing you in the process to hold the promise that's ready. God has not only ordered your steps, he's numbered them. Come on, that means whatever step I'm on, I'm thankful for. Whatever step I'm on, I'm here at the right time, at the right moment. I'm not too old for this step. I'm not too young for this step. I'm going to own this step. This is my step. You can judge my step if you want, but it has taken me to my destiny. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're blessed. Psalms 40 says, he brought me out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Proverbs 4.12 says, when you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if, you, and if you run, you will not stumble. I love this. Look, here's the deal. God's saying, look, I'm not put, the only person that's in the way of the steps is you. The only person that's keeping you, look, a lot of times we're like, man, it's all their fault that I'm on this step. Everybody else's problem, I'm on this step. No, no, God promises that nobody can get in the way of your path. 
Nobody can get in the way of the destiny I have for you. Come on, put, put your foot on top of that thing. Put, your, put it under your foot. Doesn't it say the devil is under our feet? Come on, put abuse under your feet. Put rejection under your feet. And you let him know anywhere my foot goes is now holy. It wasn't holy when you did it to me, but I'm going to use it for a holy purpose. And God says, look, none of your steps will be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. You know what that's saying? God's from the top going, hey, you don't have to walk up the steps. Hey, you don't have to stay on that one for an hour, a day, a week, a month. If you want, I've given you the strength to run up them. God is a father. He's dangerous. He gave a little boy a stone and said, kill a giant. He gave a murderer a staff and said, split a seat. God's father God, not mother God. Mother God will play it safe, but father God goes, run up the steps. Run up. You're not going to trip. I got you. Look, stop, stop hanging out in the seat of the victims. Stop hanging out what they did to you. Come on, run up the steps. Grab a hold of the blessing God has for you. Come on, don't waste time. What are we waiting for? Praise God. Proverbs 16, 9. The mind of the man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, here's, here's why God says you can run, because he's the director on every level. Over by my house, they film a lot of movies. And on the movie set, there's always one boss hog. He's sitting in the chair, and he's directing the whole thing. Everyone has to ask him his permission to do anything. They have to ask his permission if he likes what they did. They erase stuff and rewrite stuff based on what the director says. It's the director that has the final say. God says, I'm not leaving you on the steps. I'm sitting in my throne like Boss Hog, man. And I'm letting them know that anything that is written, we have to rewrite this. We have to make this a little better because I had a different picture. God is not just calling you from the top. He's directing every step. Whatever happened to you, he stopped it right just before it broke you. How do I know that? Because you're still here. He's a good director. I can trust him with my pain. I can trust him with my hurt. Psalms 119, 133 says that he establishes my footstep in your word. Not only is he directing it around you, he's directing it in you. It's his word that's going to establish you on each step. It's his word that will steady you when you feel like you're going to fall. I don't know if you've ever been on these steps going, man, I don't know how I'm going to, I feel like I'm about to fall off these things. And God goes, get in my word. And my word, will, that's what we're here doing today. We're just establishing our foot. In other words, we're putting a flag in this ground saying this place belongs to the Lord. My hurt belongs to the Lord. My rejection belongs. The abuse they thought they would get the victory of belongs to the Lord. His word establishes your feet on the path. Jesus says, look, blessed are those who just keep climbing. Blessed are those Look, blessing is not about now. Blessing is what I have for you. Blessing speaks of the end, not about the present. Sometimes it can look like we are way not blessed. But blessing is the cat that just keeps landing on its feet. Sometimes you ought to look at the devil and say, Devil, I'll just let you know I'm blessed simply by the fact that I'm still here. 
You mean you sent all that? You had five friends reject me this time? Praise God. You ain't getting my praise today because I'm going to praise God because I am blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when they come. I'm blessed when they go. I'm blessed. And there ain't nobody who could touch that. And God is forming me. My blessing can't be touched, but he is touching me in the process. He is molding me in the process. He is shaping me in the process. Jesus, even Jesus had to go through steps. Father, let this cup pass from me. Comes back to the disciples. They're asleep. Can't you stay awake with me for one hour? Goes back. Father, there has to be another way. I don't want to step here. I want to get there, but I can't. Maybe I can get some encouragement from there. No, they're asleep again. Three times Jesus goes back and the disciples are asleep. And he goes, I see there's no other way. Okay. Even Jesus had to go through steps. They tried to crown him when he was preaching. And he said, no, don't crown me until you've crossed me. It is my cross that gives me my crown. Come on, y'all to, to tell the world, don't crown me until you've crossed me. Because it is my cross. It is the pain that I went through. It, it is the death that I, that I went to that gives power to my resurrection. It is what I walk through on the steps that gives power. I, I, let's say this a different way. We, we went and did a Tough mutter. And uh, I didn't know if I would be in shape enough for it. And I, I've been working out. I've been training three times a week. And I was a little nervous, to be honest, from some of the things I've seen on YouTube and videos. And, and so I wore a Superman costume. And I just hoped for the best. And uh, there was this, uh, this wall that we came to. All the interns were with us. And um, there was one girl that came to the wall. And she, she, she came to it and she said, no way. It was about this tall. No way. I can't get up that. And to us, the wall didn't look that big. But to her, it was so big, she decided, I quit here. You know, it's funny as to, to one person, what looks small could look gigantic to another. Don't judge where someone's eyes are at. But it's our job to encourage. From the top of that wall, as I climbed over, with the help of some friends, I looked at her and said, you can quit but only after you've given it one shot. So you got to give it one shot and not a half shot, not a I'm afraid shot, not a, not a oh, I can't do this. No, you, I want to give it one shot like, like you're going to come over this hill. She ran full speed, and guess what? She came right over that, that, that thing. It was an obstacle in an obstacle race. I want to say this. These are just obstacles in our race. The obstacles are a part of the race. The obstacles were not made for you to bow down and die in front of it. The obstacles look so big that sometimes our mind tells us, don't even try. That's why we come together. That's what I'm here doing preaching. I'm just on top of the obstacle. Hey, come on. Just give it one shot. I'll let you quit if you at least try one time. And, but not try halfway. You're going to do a fearless try. You're going to pretend like you're coming over this thing. This is what I'm doing today. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm just here on the other side of this obstacle saying I've been through pain too. But let me tell you, I think you could get over this. 
And she got over that. And we, we rounded a corner, another jog, another mile, rounded a corner. On the other side of the bend of the corner, which we couldn't see, was a half pipe obstacle. Three times the height of the first one. And I seen her in line looking, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I can do this. I and I looked at her as, as she was the last one. I said, you can do this. Come on, we're all up here. And, I, and, I, and I, we all reached down our hands. And for 30 times, we reached down to try to pull her up. 30 times, she ran up and missed it. Boom, boom, boom. But on the 32nd time, we grabbed some dude with his shirt off, looked like he was Hulk Hogan, bent down. We said, bro, we're going in. He, he, he reaches down and grabs her. She lifts her foot up. She's hanging upside down. If we drop her, she may die. I don't know. She's just like, this is the 32nd time I'm going in. The guy looks at me with these big muscles and goes, I don't think it's going to happen. And I looked at him and said, bro, it has to happen. She's upside down. So we just found every strength inside of us to pull her up. This is the journey. Look, guys, there is no strangers here. The course on the course, it said, there are no strangers here. Only teammates you haven't met yet. I love that. There are no strangers here, only family members you haven't met yet. It is not just our job to get through the course. It's our job on each level to lift someone else up the course. You only got up it so you can be in a position to raise someone else up. Sometimes pain feels like a long time. Sometimes when you're in pain, it feels like hours. But when you get to the top of that thing, the victory is going to be worth every moment of pain. Some stairs are not just you giving all you have for you. If I wouldn't have got up to the top of that, there had to be a group of people to go first. I had the strength to get up myself, barely, but Ashley did not have it. She had to use the strength of others. I know others have hurt you. But there are people that have got up this hill before you. And God has given them enough strength just to barely get up. And what we have to do from the top is lean down. And what we have to do from the bottom is pull up. Come on, we, we, there are no strangers here. Just family we haven't met yet. We're going to make it through this thing called life. And we're going to be blessed together. Come on, who cares if we get to the top? If we're there alone, what's the point? The point is that we get up this thing together. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.